This is Rick Stoner. In this episode, I interview Ania Sarai, an up-and-coming music star, NFT star, maybe even American Idol star. Seen here first on Crypto After Dark, take the chance and opportunity to be part of something new, amazing, decentralized music, decentralized artists. And good evening, everyone. This is Rick Stoner. This evening, I have a special guest with me, Ania Sarai. Yes, hi. And she has wrote a song, Crypto Mind in the Crypto Space, and is a 22-year-old American singer-songwriter. And this summer, in our crypto winter, hopes that this is the production of A Hot Summer Groove. Now, I've listened to the song already um, a few times. And and for me, it's one of these, it's really chill. Like, it's got that groove. Yes, thank you. Now, what inspired you to go at writing a song during the bear market? What's like during the crypto winter? So, you know, the funny part is I actually wrote this when things were going really well. I wrote this um, last year, last winter, when crypto was kind of on the rise last December, November. So um, everybody knew I was so into the crypto space. And I was like, I, I want to work on my first single. It got delayed a long time, but um I was like, I want to make it something, something different, something new, you know, like something that hasn't been done before. And at that time, there hadn't really been much of anything about crypto. And they're like, write what you love about, like, write what what you think about all the time. And I was like, what is that? And everybody was like, crypto. And I was like, oh, and I was like, that's different. And I at first I was like, you know, I'm just going to write a love song. Like, you know, no, I'm like, I don't know about crypto. And then. All of a sudden I was writing, it came to me like late at night and I was like looking at the charts and looking at the news and everything. And I was like, crypto mimes. And at that moment, I just pulled out my little, my phone and like recorded a voice memo and it just flowed. And I wrote a whole song that was just inspired by crypto and merged it with like the theme of love. That's that is neat. Acts crypto love and because uh, there, I track all the crypto music that there is. Yeah. Now there was something you said in there that I'm kind of curious about. I would like to go back reflect on that. Um, yeah. When you said to your friends, "I want to do a crypto song," they weren't really sure. Was did I get that right? They weren't sure what crypto song meant. So basically, like. They were like telling me to write about something that I think about all the time. And one of them was like, you know, you're always talking about crypto. So they knew they weren't really as into it. You know, all my friends would always ask me questions. But when I went home and I thought about it, like I just had it in the back of my mind and I just it just clicked. I was like, there's so many comparisons for me that made sense between crypto and the markets and the way as like traders and like investors, we look at the markets that correlate with relationships, whether it's friendships or like, you know, romance, all of that. So really my friends 
they were they were like that could be a cool concept but they just didn't know how it would work so it just took me putting those two things together to make it work well so the support of the friends around you even though they weren't sure that what a crypto song is it it, it's not always so much the topic as as the music itself they knew that you were destined to make something yes exactly and it was crazy because even i was like that's interesting i wasn't sure i was just like i don't i don't know how this is gonna work but then i was like you know i'm gonna be open to it because i'm always gonna be open it just i just had to wait for it to click because i don't like to force anything i just like it to flow so when i did write that i was just like you guys helped me come up with a genius idea i just had to bring it to life and when i showed them it they were like yes like, this is perfect. Like, this is amazing. This is going to be so good. And next thing you know, I was in the studio, like, getting the beat made to it with my producer and made it happen. Okay, so, um, it, like, it's it's fascinating to know how, how a song births and becomes alive. <laughs> and this, this is quite a neat story, actually, because crypto music, I mean, there's maybe, maybe 20 songs. Out there right mm-hmm. now. there's not a lot of them right now um now first off do you plan more you know i actually um planned out a whole ep themed around crypto so i don't know when i will act on that right now but i definitely do have more songs i have written that definitely go with the crypto space and I would love to put them out there along with Crypto Mind at some point. So I, I do. I do plan for more. I definitely want to continue to bring more, you know, um, eyes to the crypto space and find a way to connect music to it. Well, the, the events, like I thought it was really inst- interesting and inspirational of what I read, how... Where is that now? Um, that you wrote the song when you wanted to show people that there's there's things to relax, not worry about. Like this is supposed to be a, a song to help the vibe when we're in a crypto winter. So it, it has a really interesting carry. Um, there was I, when I was listening to it with a bunch of friends, I actually stopped and I paused it. And I'm like. This is a very interesting lyric. I can't can't remember right off the top of my head what it was. But we paused it and looked back, and and I, I said this means a lot actually, because it means a lot of what's going on and how it's going on, and and if people are really paying attention, it will help them get through these crypto winters. So that's where I was asking if you're going to write more because this one worked. So maybe more work again. No, it would be cool to sit back and listen to like three or four and especially the, the, um, uh, what is it called? It's, it's the genre, but more so the, the vibe of how it is a flow, a really chill, relaxed song to sit back and listen to, right? You don't want to listen to those hopped up beats when you're like chewing your fingernails because you're like, oh my crypto. (laughs) 
Exactly. You're like, oh my gosh, now I'm like, my heart's racing and I hear the drums going like boom, 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 boom. Like, no, <laughs> the beat's too fast. I love my chill music. I love to feel relaxed, but also uplifted. Like, that's just a vibe that I like to carry throughout my songs. Like, no matter how heavy, you know, a song may mean, I like it to be uplifting and just like flow, like relax and chill. But I definitely, when I wrote the song at first, I had no idea the market was going to crash. And that was the funny thing. Like, I didn't know it was going to take that turn. And there was just such a long gap between when I finished making the song and by the time it came out that I was just like, at some point, people were like, don't release a song because, you know, crypto's not that good. You want to release it when it's good. And I was like, but the message is still the same. I'm like, it applies to anything because these might have been the lyrics you were referring to when I say, um, well, I know one part for me was, so you're here for the long run, not short term fun. Want to watch the grossy potential of us both. That was like the part where I was just like, it really does resonate now because everyone who started investing, we invested in whatever cryptos, like whether it was Bitcoin or Ripple or any of them, there's so many amp, like all of there's so many now, but um, when I started, there weren't as many, but we started there because we saw potential in it. You know, we would analyze the markets and we saw what was where it could go. And we just saw the potential and we believed in the growth. So that's what made us stick through it. So when I, even when the market started to crash, I still, even today have held a lot of faith and I actually just believe that this is a chance for people who are too scared, two, three, four, five, even 10 years ago to make an investment. Although it looks like the most riskiest time to invest anything, it was times like these that made successful investors who they were. So it's like, and who they are today. So it's in these moments that I just decided to release a song because I was like, people need to understand that moments like these are what make the people that we look at like, wow, how did they do that? Well, it was when people were most scared to risk anything because of everything going on, like in the markets or in the world that people took risk and they became the next multimillionaires or the next big investors. Like everyone had to start somewhere. So I really felt led to release this song so that it could give people already in a crypto space hope and kind of hopefully if people caught it enough, realize that um, they need to take risks and be okay with, there's always potential of failing, but with every failure comes a lesson, but there's also the potential of winning. And with every win, you had to take a risk. So yeah, I definitely just wanted to put that out there. See, there's more music there. Like you, you practically <laughs> sang another song. You got. Yeah. I think you have that rhythm, <laughs> that flow to tell people about crypto, right? And there's not, yeah. there's not enough people telling people about crypto. Music is a really interesting way to tell people things. Um, and I did finally find this, not the quote from the song, but just what I'd read it. And it says that this song is for the heartbroken crypto enthusiasts out there. Hang in there, right? Like, hold yeah. on. Everybody else is painting that HODL or we, there is actually a song called HODL. <laughs> it's, it's quite a fun song though. Actually, it, re it really is. Like there's a lot of different crypto songs out there. You've actually... Mm -hmm 
are hitting a genre that hasn't even been tapped into yet. So I think that is a big move, actually, and a big decision for to take in a career because you had said people already, they're like, well, should you, should you? It's not really popular right now. Should you release your song? Yeah, actually, you probably should, right? And, yeah. and go do what your heart tells you. You can't always hold back on things, the same message you were just saying. Um, and is that is that one of your goals? Is that uh, like you, it really sounds to me like you really are fascinated with crypto, that you can see a future here. Um, I, I believe it's not really apparent to any artist exactly yet how it all balances into things. But is, mm-hmm. is that your future is becoming a crypto enthusiast for and seeing this out? Yes, yes, definitely. I I have been into investing before I could even invest. I had a very good family friend. She's like a sister. Introduced me to it when I was 16. She told me about Forex, you know, the foreign exchange market and everything. And, you know, there's been a lot of different companies who do different type of things. And they said, hey, it's a scam or this and this and that. And I'm like, but before I did any of that, I learned independently how to invest my money in the foreign exchange market, which, of course, you learn about crypto and everything. Like, it turned into a passion because I just see how you can have financial freedom from learning how to utilize your money for you instead of having to work. And me personally, as a creative, I have always wanted to find ways to make my money work for me and not have to work a job. I will work when I have to, but my goal is to be financially free. And I feel like investments and crypto especially even when it's down, there's just so many different ways to invest in it. People just need to, you know, do their research and figure out what's best for them. But I definitely see how investments in the crypto space is a major way to change your entire life and your finances if you take the time to learn and study it. So it's a passion for me. It's definitely um, a goal. I would love to see myself really emerge as an enthusiast, but also as someone who is knowledgeable in it. And I would love to be someone who is a musician who is able to create music about this to help spread awareness because music is like, is like the biggest language, universal language, anyone, anywhere can understand it. So if you can put a message out there, that's huge and can help change people's lives. Like if they catch on or, you know, like doing things like this, being on here and talking about it, if they're looking up the song and then they hear a podcast, like that could be a moment that changes someone's life. So I definitely, um, it carries a lot of weight for me being in the crypto space. And so that's why no matter what was going on in the crypto world, I'm like, this song still needs to be out here because I just believe it's going to make a difference for some people. So yes. So um, my staff and I, we were going over a whole bunch of different questions and different things. And we came up with three future song titles for you. Just just for, oh, just for a joke. Yeah. We, these are it. totally, totally for fun. One, <laughs> is, one is, I don't buy Sheba in you. <laughs> <laughs> Another oh one. Okay, th- this gets funnier. Um, okay. Next one, surfing on the blockchain. I love that. And then they said they were so, and I didn't understand this one, 
but uh-huh. they were like, you have to tell her a remake, <laughs> a remake of a song called Let It Burn. Oh, oh, congratulations, staff. You obviously got it right. <laughs> You're the who. Yes, that was pretty good. We that were just having some fun good. while we were brainstorming different questions to ask. Yeah. So we're like, let's, let's like dream up some song names to see if we could get our thinkers going. So, <laughs> was, I guess I, I love it. That gives me some ideas. And it and it was interesting because I brought that up just because I want to move away from music for a second and ask a few things mm-hmm. about life. Um, but the f- the fun things, like you said, music communicates. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's why I I, I wanted to uh, segue with that. Now. Um, Los Angeles. You're living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles lifestyle. Uh, just a quick question. I know. Do you ever do uh, vocal backups in any gigs? Are you doing stuff like that at all? So, you know, I actually haven't started doing as much of that, but I am looking into it. Um, a lot of my one of my good friends, she was like, you know, there's a lot of like castings for like singers and like background singers. And so I am now um, on the, you know, the casting sites and everything and going to start looking into it because uh, I want to continue to just utilize my voice. So, yes, that will be something I will take part in. Um, and then hobbies looked over a few of your socials kind of was like wondering (laughs) about hiking. You enjoy hiking maybe? Yes. I love staying active. So a lot of my hobbies, I like to be outside. I love to be in the sun. A lot of my hobbies include, um, physical activities. So like, I love hiking. I love doing yoga in the morning. I like to wake up around like four or 5 a.m. and like get in like an hour of like super nice relaxing yoga just to like center myself and start the day. So that's like another hobby. I love reading. I love reading books like self-development books and mindset books. I love just reading in general. I grew up reading like so much fiction novels like but I kind of stayed away from that when I just started wanting to learn more about other things and so um and then somebody said forex that changed yeah. your whole life. That changes everybody's life, I think. <laughs> yes, it definitely does. Whether so, it's for the better or for the worse, I believe it's always for the better. Before before they said that, I, I do see here that you did quite a bit of stuff in school for school musicals. Um, you have mm-hmm. choir awards. Can you tell me about one of the school musicals that you did? So my favorite, um, it was actually right before I moved to California, um, my school, Girls Point High School, I went to, we did the musical Mary Poppins. That was my favorite musical growing up. I didn't get like a lead, lead part in it, but I was very like prevalent in the cast and it was really cool because we had the Broadway cast from London um, come into our like one of our what was it character development sessions and literally teach us the accents and how to talk in the British accent so um we got to like meet them and really like be hands-on with like learning how to talk in the accent because we were really big on you know bringing it to life as accurately as we could so that was my most 
favorite musical to be a part of and the sets were crazy like it was amazing that was phenomenal and um that was just my favorite musical that was definitely something i will never forget that's really cool um i have also a listener question here so we, we talked about crypto mind already the the sing, single out that is out um so this yeah. is a kind of a question on how you feel about uh, doing the music and and it adopting so his question was what type of challenges are you facing when you're trying to connect and reach and out to your listeners with especially with the crypto genre music so for my listeners i always like i'm a huge hopeless romantic so of course there's always going to be some type of element of love in my songs i feel like but i really just want to um inspire and uplift people so with every song i write no matter what it's about um crypto love whatever it is i I I was like can i do this though you know what? Mm-hmm. Every male vocal singer, singer, singer out there right now is, I met her on TikTok and she <laughs> gave me three babies. Right? And it's not, it's just nonstop that. They're like, they sing these, the love songs that are the worst. <laughs> like, I turn them on and it's just like, it's a love song. Or I give it a chance and I'm like, that's a love song. And then it's a love song. And it's like a hit love song. You go, I bet if we go and look at the top 10 right now, like there's five male artists and it's all i love you right and that's all it is so yours when you said love you mean it in a different way you express it differently in your music yes that's really true that was that's a good observation that's a really good observation like their their way of expression and (laughs) right now I kind of feel like their way of, I feel like it's almost not even, I don't want to say it's not expression because it is expression, but it's like they're talking about experiences of what they find to feel like is love, but they're not really expressing the real Or is it trend chasing? I think it is. And you're right. It isn't exactly what you just said, the real love. Yes, because you can feel it in the music a bit. Yes, you can feel it. And I'm just like, me personally, like, I just, I love my family, you know, I love my friends, like, I'm such a genuine, like, lover. And I, you know, trends are cool. I get it. They can make you money, make, keep you popular, keep you relevant, all of that stuff. But um, I just like to come from the heart. So for me, it's, I feel like that idea of what's love and everything nowadays kind of goes along with what's popping. <laughs> It's yeah, what's <laughs> trending, but that's, yeah, that's um, like I, I, I do believe a long time ago, I learned about love from a lady <laughs> and, I, and I learned that it was, wasn't something that just happens instantly. That's infatuation. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe what we see in some of that music. Infatuation goes up the top 10 charts, hits there, it's there for a week and then it's back at a mm-hmm. hundred. Nobody Dang. listens to it anymore. That's, that's, that's kind of rough stuff. Um, so could yeah. you explain a little bit about what R and B pop crossover genre means? 
Yeah. So um, really, I always look at, well, a lot of people look at R&B, first of all, it's like more so R&B soul. So I feel like when R&B crosses with pop, like it's R&B pop crossover, it's going to have more of like an upbeat feel, like maybe not as like some R&B soul is more jazzy, more slow. So the R&B pop, I put it in that sector just because it's like, you could make this, of course, you can make any song something you could dance to, but this is like almost like a slower pop jam, like a chill pop jam. Like it's not necessarily something I would say that's slower, like has jazzier vibes, like the piano. You know, I use the guitar. I use like a more upbeat elements in the music to kind of just lift it up, like raise it up and make it sound more like almost like a party song, but then it has the chill elements, like you say. So it keeps it like mellow at the same time. So I feel like it merged R&B because it is like a chill vibe and could go soulful, but it doesn't as much go soulful as it does like to pop where it's like you kind of want to sing along, you know, on the radio and just like vibe out. So that's kind of that's my best way of kind of describing the R&B pop merge. It's just, it's actually neat idea, like, um, based off of what we just discussed of how, what we're seeing on the top charts, it's getting, I mm, like, I mean, I almost wonder if, if they're trying to chase country music because lots of country music are love songs. So they're like, yeah. oh, if we need to climb up the charts, we need to follow what the trends, but yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a really neat, different idea, having a trendy song that is a love song or is described as it. And then when yeah. you listen to the words, it's a, it's a, it has a deep, true meaning to it. Um, yeah. I haven't memorized the words yet. I'm sure after a few more t- times, I'm going to be humming them in the back of my mind. There, <laughs> there's a few, like you said, you, had, you, you really, I think you added something for everyone in it. Yeah, and I really don't plan my lyrics. Like I say, I just like to flow. So it really does just come from, I feel like, my soul, which is why I love the way that I make it. But I just, um, I really just took all the correlations from what I learned from trading and investing and just compared it to love. I was like, you know, I'm like, this is more so long-term than short-term. Just like, if you want to fall in love with someone, you hope it's long-term. And I was just like... um, just like trying to see potential and growth and like all of these different things. And then it was just like, buy my money, can't waste time. Like, you know, my crypto mind, buy my money, can't waste time. Cause I'm like us girls nowadays try and be boss woman and everything. But then it was also like, at the same time, you still want to love someone. You still want to fall in love. You still want to have the best of both worlds, whatever that is. So I tried to generalize it just so that whatever part you relate to, it can relate to you however you feel it's relatable. So that was, that was just big for me. I'm like, I don't want to be too specific, but my inspiration just drew from crypto. Like, I don't know, it flowed so naturally because I was, you know, like I said, I was trading, I was looking at the markets and everything and I just, everything just boom, came to life. Let's let's ask a couple of crypto questions. Um, what yeah. was the first crypto that you discovered? Um, so the first crypto I believe I discovered, of course, the first crypto I learned about was Bitcoin, because honestly, it was still at about 15,000 or so 
when I got into the markets, first started trading, that's actually crazy. And it's almost back there. <laughs> oh my God. But um, the first crypto I think I discovered, man, there's so many. I definitely, it was more recently, I think it was last year though, I had discovered one AMP. It was called AMP. And that one was kind of cool for a second. And there was, but I'm trying to think, I, the first one, was definitely, um, I really want to say the first one, right before Ripple got really, really, really popular, I had started trading it, like day trading. And um, it was making me so much money. That's why I remember. I'm just like, and then after that, like it really was the trending ones because I got in right when crypto was kind of really picking up and people were getting really into it. So it was like, XRP and Ethereum, they were so small back then. Like I remember trading Ethereum at like $1,200, like 600, 500, like literally when I was just starting, I was oh, trading. It, it flew fast. Yeah. It went from it 300 really and it fast. just was like, wow. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, like I remember like cashing out. I just remember the moments I was like, whoa, I was like, these are making me so much money. I'm like, this is what they're talking about. It was so cool. But yeah, like I want to say it was something like people didn't know about, but I'm like, maybe back then, you know, but I'm like, that wasn't even that long ago. But for me, they were so new and they were fresh and they were making all the money for me. So it was really like XRP and Ethereum. Those two came around like this, not the same time, but those two were like, I was so fascinated by them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. now if you were to do it all over again, would you do it exactly the same? I would definitely say I started off day trading. I really, really would. I wouldn't change a thing I did because it was just perfect. It was amazing. I learned everything I need to learn and it was amazing, but I definitely would have put more money long-term like into these things. Like I didn't, I was still learning so much. I didn't really realize the long-term side of things, which is why I put so much emphasis on long-term now when it comes to investing in anything because I'm like man if I could have put some of those profits like more of those profits into these coins when they were so small I could be like almost a billionaire by now like <laughs> or maybe a year ago or maybe two years ago I don't know you know but last year definitely would have had me like rolling so that is the one thing um even with the market always fluctuating I just really really would put more money long term and just not touch it well i i believe we're so early it's so yeah. very early everything yeah. everybody just saw and even though they think it's doom and gloom it's they think so it's early. over it's not so, over. It's I've, I've never seen it so busy there's so yeah. much webbing and infrastructure going on <laughs> And with that yes. growth, it's it's not going to slow things down. No. Now, I, it's only going to make it better. Now, I have a couple more questions about music. Um, if yeah. if um, what do you see the evolving nature of crypto, music, NFTs, and and the social side of it grouping mm -hmm. together? Like, do you have any predictions on on? Will music be full NFTs in the future? Will radio stations be NFT? Is it going to be an NFT, um, like a CD that we buy? 
Is music mm-hmm. going to become harder to listen to once it's behind an encrypted barrier? Because yeah. a lot of things changed when, yeah. when the CD player came out. And then it changed even more when the MP3 player came out. Yeah, and then there were the iPods. And then next thing you know, there's all these different Spotify and Apple Music and CDs are disappearing. Like I remember I was like growing up as a kid watching all of this change right before my eyes and growing up with it in a sense. I I love the I love the idea of NFTs. I love the ideas of all of that. Um and with music, I really hope I just hope we don't lose grasp of what we had before but i definitely feel like it's going to shift things a lot um with the nfts like i definitely i see it already like albums like everything being like an nft form like which would be insane because i feel like a lot of people who don't understand the crypto world and all of that it'll make it harder for them to gain access to the things that are more so on the more crypto enthusiast platforms and all of that. So I definitely do see more artists, especially, especially when it comes to metaverse, I have to say, I feel like metaverse with NFTs and crypto and everything merging together with music. I feel like that's, what's going to really change um, the dynamic of the industry and how we stream music, how we listen to music and where we go buying everything because the second metaverse becomes more prevalent, I do feel like people are going to be in that type of space already. So they're going to be at these, you know, listening parties in the metaverse and everything. And artists will be promoting their music like, oh, you can go buy this NFT, like the cover. You can go buy this and then you'll get like the full album. And I see the shift coming that will be huge. And even me as an artist, I'm like, I still want to have my my music like I love vinyl. Like I still like all of these other things. Like CDs were cool and all, but I'm like, I still want people to appreciate the physicality of music and like having it in your hands and touching it. Like it's already so streamable. Vinyl's so, actually having a fairly big comeback. Yeah. Yeah. See, and like the record players over the last few years has been having more of a comeback. So I'm like, I just hope when things take off even more with the NFTs, I love it. I love it for the artists, like not music artists, but actual artists. I love it for art. I think it's a really cool, um, like way to have art in a digital form and all of that. But for music. I don't know. I, it definitely is going to make a huge shift, but I don't know how excited I am about it, but I feel like it'll be a great way for artists to be able to make more money um, that isn't attached to, you know, like labels and all of that. So it's a great way for especially independent artists. If we can get enough backing as it comes to fan base and all to be able to grow a strong platform and be making more money out of it because there's less involved like streams and all that you make pennies it makes sense so this is definitely a great opportunity in that form but as it comes to the appreciation of music and people it's a little tricky to say how i feel about that i have i have a deep understanding of nfts a, a, a quite fundamental um value when i apply them to music i feel mm-hmm. like in the future what it will do is uh, 
if you release a hit signal single that is you you just know you will be able to protect it behind an nft mm-hmm. and that people will have to pass value to you and able to listen to it and it'll go directly to you there won't be any managerial yeah. hands there won't be yeah. everybody it, and it yeah. will ensure that it goes from listener to artist directly that that's a mm-hmm. that's a change not a lot of people want to talk about but i mean i love yeah. that change because i yeah. read about so many horror stories in the past it's kind of mm-hmm. i know what i see for the future but it's going to be yeah. a bit of time before we see that happen so yeah, sure. i i got a couple interesting strange questions here so if mm-hmm. you if you come out with a knockout hit one that uh, yeah. just you know how virals go boom it's like we got a hundred thousand views yeah. next day you're at half a million and mm-hmm. would you ever consider bringing your song to american idol a talent show of any sort oh my gosh that is so funny that you mentioned that because it just crossed my mind yesterday like literally just yesterday i was thinking about american idol um i actually was just on a singing competition show that's ran by a karaoke brand called party time. So, and they were telling me it's like American idol type. And I was just sitting like, you know, I never really cared for the TV competition shows like that. I love watching them, but it wasn't necessarily desire to be on one. But after that experience, I was like, it would kind of be cool. And I was like, if I did blow up a little bit or have something trend, I definitely would do that. Like, yes, I feel like that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I feel like you would be a, a really cool candidate up there. You'd get a you'd get a lot of crypto support also, right? It might yeah. it might actually become overwhelming and you, never, <laughs> you really don't know how it is. And it's a crypto winter right now. Um yeah, and so what do you and what do you think of the TikTok space? Um do you and there's I actually have a few questions about it just generally what do you think about it and do you ever see um your music maybe getting in there you are you actively pursuing um tiktok to to use your music so you know i have a few friends who are kind of like huge on the tiktok space and they have used my songs a few times or my song my crypto song a few times um me personally I can't even lie. I struggle with TikTok just a little bit because I was more so raised on the Instagram era. And while I love TikTok and the videos, I like, I still waver towards Instagram. So I'm on it. I definitely stay in the loop of all the trends and everything. But um, I am trying to make it a very strong goal of mine and stick to it to like really like get into TikTok and stay consistent so that I can do the things I want to do with my music there because I am interested. I just I my interest for TikTok isn't as strong as it is like for most of everybody else. Like people love TikTok. I love it, but it's not my forefront right now, but I'm trying to. It's that place where a song can catch on really fast which is mm-hmm. strange about it right it's just it's yeah. that place for that i've yeah. i hear all these strange new beats coming off of tiktok yeah. they have their own satellite radio as well now mm-hmm. tiktok radio and and it's it's different i mean oh, it's, it's really different 
Yeah, it's picking up. And I'm just like, okay, all my friends are like, come on, you got to get your socks trending. Like, even before they come out, like, just put them here, put them here. And I'm like, okay, guys, okay, guys. I'm like, um, I'm just like, okay, so how do I do this? I don't know. I feel like one of those old people trying to figure out, some, like, technology sometimes with TikTok. Like, it completely makes sense, though. I get it. I have my song on there. You know, I have some of my friends use it. And, like, people will be like, what's that song? And so it has been traveling around a little bit but I definitely do want to make sure I put more emphasis on TikTok for music because it's a it's a great tool it's amazing it can do wonders for a career and so also I have down here um, exclusive Apple Music Creative Studios and yeah. Soho House and Creative Futures Mentorship Programs could you tell yeah. me what that's about so my first mentorship program that I got into was the Apple Studios creative program. So that one, um, I really just did these to, you know, start to get more emerged into learning about music and meeting like-minded people. And the Apple was amazing. They gave me, you know, some cool equipment, helped me start to learn the basis of creating beats and songwriting. Like it was what, I think it was um, about two two months of mentorship I can't eight weeks yeah it was two months of mentorship and like um, we had Lawrence Dobson and some other great artists and producers come on there and creative directors and everybody like come in and speak with us and give us guidance on each section and that was amazing I loved I loved that it was very it was still very much COVID so unfortunately it was over like zoom calls and everything, but I learned so much and that like really helped me start to move more into the music space. Um, especially coming out of the whole COVID situation, because it was hard to make music during that time when I was just starting to get into it, COVID picked up. And so I wasn't going to studios for the whole two years. So that was a great way to start to merge back into the music. And then after that, I got into the Soho House Mentorship Program, which was just for creatives. And that was so much fun. I met some like what I believe will be like like long-term friends out of that mentorship program. It was amazing. Um, I actually got to meet with people in person there because it was a little bit more after COVID. And of course, it came with Soho House membership and a mentor. So um, they're... I learned a lot more about working as a team and had to bring something to life, which I also did in Apple Music, but it was more like digital, like I said, over the Zoom calls and stuff. So I did have to make a song for them. And then with Soho House and Creative Futures combined, I had to work with everybody else to put something like on display. So actually, when I was in the Creative Futures Soho House Mentorship Program, that was when I had, I was working on Crypto Mind for a part of that. And we had, it was basically two months delayed when we had our show because we had to put together a whole entire show for all the mentees to put on for the mentors and some other guests of Soho House members. So I had finished the song around the time when we were supposed to have our whole entire um 
show put on and then the show got delayed so it gave me time to perfect it and get a mastered and everything and by the time we had our show I performed it and I was like this isn't released but this is going to be my first single and that was literally like in December or November end of November I think like November 26 or something of 2021 and so that was my first finished single that I had professionally recorded and invested like a lot of my money into and everything. And I performed it at Soho House first before it was released. And then I performed it again a few weeks ago at Soho House, like as an official artist and everything. But yeah, those mentorship programs really helped me with connecting with a lot of people, networking, some amazing friendships, and just like really getting into the industry and understanding more of how to utilize and like take benefit from all of my, all of the opportunities that I have right in front of me. They really help coach me and like learning how to um, bring things to life. Like I'm a creative, so it took a lot to just be in a creative like thinking mode and then I'll put it into action and put it out there mode. So all of that, it was amazing experiences. I was so grateful to be selected for all of those because they were very selective and um, I'm just, yeah, I don't think I'd even be here today with that song if it weren't for Apple and Soho House and Creative Futures because it really pushed me to keep going to really get past the in my mind creative state of just like writing things down I hope that i hope that helps others listening to the program who are because i, I yeah. know there was i know there was another question they couldn't quite get it submitted it was something about what you would say to other music artists who are trying to get into the crypto music space and what they would suggest okay. well you gave us a, a quite a story there about how you have yeah. <laughs> succeeded to get this out, get it produced. Um, I hope that helps them out um, for sure. And, and if they ever yeah. have questions, I, I'm, I know they can probably get a hold of you in, in social media in a few different place, yeah, places. Cool. And I was actually going to go right to that, your socials. What is, where are they supposed to go? What is the best place to go to if they want to contact you? And especially where do they listen to your music? And is it purchasable online? Um, yeah, I know there's five questions there. <laughs> yes, I got you though. So the best place to reach me is my Instagram, which is my name. It's Ania underscore Sarai. So um, it's like A-N-I-A underscore S-A-R-I. So that's my Instagram. It's also all my other socials. So if people want to follow me, whatever you're more prevalent on, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, like I am on them all. I may not post on them all frequently, but I will definitely get back to you if people reach out or whatever. And um, my music is everywhere. So if you do follow me on Instagram, you can go and click on the link in my bio, my link tree, and it has links to everything, all the music platforms. You can purchase it on iTunes. I'm on Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music. It's basically available everywhere for people all over the world. And um, my name, as it stands, everywhere is an ESRI. So as long as you get the spelling right, then you can find me 
across all platforms. And I think I think iTunes is one of the easiest places um, to yeah. purchase music. At least that's where I get. If I can't find a certain artist, I always go back and look through there. It has an extensive, extensive um, amount of artists these days. And, and mm-hmm. how was that for yourself to get your music on there um, and monetized? Did it was it a big process or was it fairly straightforward for you? It was actually very straightforward. And I definitely have to thank the mentorship programs for that as well. I had a few mentors um, across all of them that kind of helped me with understanding distributors because you basically get a distributor minus distro kid. And once you register for it and have your copyright, you basically just upload the song once it's done and they deal with the rest. And then um, the hardest part was just making sure that all of my um, music platforms were all set up with my pictures and my bios and all of that because of course being independent and just starting I had to do all of those myself so like Amazon Music like everywhere I had to go through but it's very straightforward it's very easy it's just once your music is out it takes a little bit of time in the beginning to get it all set up okay and in closing what what would you tell um to inspire people in the crypto winter now like is there something you'd like to say to everybody to help them get through this yes definitely i would just want to say to everyone because you know we're all going through this together i'm in it too um it's a winter. Winters get really cold. They get, I'm from Michigan. So winters get cold. They get stormy. They can feel like they go on forever sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit longer for the spring to come. But like, you just have to stick it out because, you know, winter doesn't last forever. And even though you never know what's going to happen in the future, there always has to be spring and summer has to come. Like the seasons always, there's always going to be a change. So, We just have to keep on believing and hoping for that change and hope to see that day come because it will come. And when it does, it's going to be amazing for all of us. Indeed, indeed. Well, I'd like to really thank you yourself and all listeners tonight for taking the time to check out this podcast and make sure you have a look down below there will be links to all of um, her different social medias and the song um i think you will enjoy it you know give it a give it a listen i know we've had a lot of conversations about all the different kinds of music crypto music i'm hoping to add it to our database as well very soon um again thanks for listening and thanks for coming out this evening and yeah thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening. This has been a Crypto After Dark production. Remember to please press like, subscribe, and share. But this time, not on our socials, on Aeneas.